having a fit because that's exactly how he is. And he has his own business, so he has to figure it all out, and it's all in boxes somewhere. And he doesn't know where, and he's going to have to dig, and he's been sick, and yeah, it's just sad. I think I know what box all that stuff is in, because I had all of the tax documents on the corner of my coffee table, and then everything on the coffee excuse me, everything on the coffee table went into a box. So now if I find that box, that's where all of my tax stuff is. Well, that's good. I already got mine done. Yeah, mine are done. They just need to be mailed because the TurboTax people won't let me... E-file? E-file because I no longer have my business, but it thinks I have my business and it won't let me tell them I don't have my business. So it won't <sighs> let me e-file because it, I, won't, I don't have mileage and... And money coming in and money going out to tell them because I don't have and have my business in two years. Zero mileage, zero money in, zero money out. I tried that. It wouldn't let me do it. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Tell them you drove one mile. (laughs) I know. So I just have to mail it. I mean, it's no big deal. I just have to put a stamp on it. I did that today. I did did get that done today. And I took the chickens some straw. They were very happy with me. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I date my tax prep guy, so that's okay. Nice. I thought he was a fireman. He well, he's a volunteer fireman. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a he is, um he's a fireman. He's a personal trainer. He's a tax prep. He is a financial advisor and all that other stuff. He does a little bit of everything. I'm not doing enough with my life. Apparently, neither am I. Wow. Yeah. So, well, he he's checked over my 401k, and I'm putting a pretty good percentage on that finally and I'm like, Oh look at that <laughs> I'm like, the ones I picked me and I was going shithole <laughs> I was going I was gonna pretty much start paying people for that. I'm like, hey, no, I'm actually making some money this time. Shithole and somehow we come back to the colonoscopy. It's time to start the podcast. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> oh, we have the snort. Oh my goal for this year is not to snort. Oh, good. Screw it. Yeah, that one. You missed it, Trisha. I sent you a message, but you didn't see it. Death Roll and the Slytherins took over the forum. We went completely green. Did you get to go in? I think I did. Yeah, I went in for a little bit. And we, I sent you a message, so I thought you might wander through. And then I had thirty questions and who said this, who said what, and so you were in a few of those things too. I didn't see. I didn't see that. Yeah, well, your quote, my goal for this podcast season is not to snort. That was one of the, the questions. And did anybody goal, get it right? <laughs> goal and snort were missing. Um, A couple of people did. <laughs> the one that got me was nobody knew Mike's dude get a roach bomb. I thought that was going to be like the easiest one there. Eh. So if you're, if you're not thinking in a particular vein, yeah, the, the, quote, the quote won't come to you. I know Ryan said you need to give better hints. <laughs> no. Well, it was hard too because there were two words missing. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a little easier with just like one word missing. But yeah, if I'd have put bomb in there or roach in there, yeah, that would have given it way too easy away. This is true. So. <laughs> Tell us it's a Mike quote, but leave gaps in the quote. And I bet we could figure it out. Well, that's true. Okay. Well, next time, cause I have several people that have said, can we do this again? 
<laughs> sure, I'd be glad to engage in a hostile takeover. <laughs> you had way too much fun with that. I did. Have you noticed that I have changed my screen name now? No, did you change your screen name again? I did. Did you changed it back? I moved it and you changed it back. Well, I'm not sure how that was being oh. done. Whether you played with the filter or whatnot, or did you actually change the no, screen I, name? I actually went in and changed your screen name. Oh, well, however it did, yeah, I changed it back. <laughs> okay. Because I fixed it. I fixed oh, good. you and I fixed Ray because I was the one that changed them originally. Very good. Well, it was just funny. I see Racive, Deputy Headmistress, mm-hmm. Professor Slughorn, Acting Headmaster. What is, what is this acting? <laughs> yeah. You told me to change it, and I did. I was and good. We, we did. It was awesome. And headmaster for life, yes. I thought I really got a kick out of the way that the Drabbles, I mean, I really thought it would just be Drabbles like we've done it before. And everybody mm-hmm. just kind of built on that one that I did. And it, I thought it was really <laughs> fun. It flowed really well. and We were building a narrative of what was yeah. going on. And the, and the Drabbling spilled over into other threads. I know. It was cool. Which was awesome. I was really excited about it. So. I like that. We... We need to uh, chalk this one up as a win and need to revisit the idea at some later point in time. I did enjoy taking over the forum. It was kind of fun. (laughs) Way too much hassle, though. I didn't get any writing done. I was too busy running around putting out fires. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I felt so bad for Ryan because I'm like, okay, Ryan, you just need to go in and say April Fool's at some point. He's like, my uncle died. I'm like, crap, okay, plan two. Don't worry about it. I'll figure something out. And he's like, no, I can do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I felt so bad. What are you giggling about, Trisha? I'm read. I found. I found them. I'm reading them. The quote. I'm like, who said I love you? I love you. I love you. Is that weird? <laughs> I'm not even positive that's the exact quote. And hardly anybody got that one right. That was. Well, it's, it's an older one. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times, the older ones are the ones that people remember. So. Hmm. All right, we better start this because I know you guys want to go to sleep. I do have notes so we can kind of run through it fairly quickly. The only thing I have to do tomorrow is get up and go see my father defend his thesis. Well, that's cool. Is very exciting. He's going for his master's in history. And he has written his thesis on uh, Depression-era glassware. Ooh, that's my favorite. I love Depression glassware. They have this huge collection of it. I, I don't know what... Actually, I, I take that back. What prompted it was my grandmother died um, a few years at this point, And they were cleaning out the house, and they found some. And they looked into it, investigated it, and decided to start collecting it. Mm, nice. I, I think what it was, they just wanted to round out what there was and get a complete serving set mm-hmm. and I, I they just went nuts there's glass all over their house <laughs> i'm glad they're having fun mm-hmm. spending your inheritance i wasn't gonna put it like that but <laughs> i was gonna say um wait till you no. start having kids and grandkids come in and start terrorizing oh yeah, yeah. what chapter are we starting on 20 we 20. Is it necessary sacrifices or the bigger picture? Mm, necessary sacrifices, I believe. 
Okay, I don't have the feck up, so I'm going to yes. rely on you guys to refresh me where we are going. going. Okay. Are we expecting Kelly and or Scott at some point? Um, well, they've both popped up online, so I've just sent them both messages, but I have not heard back from them. Scott wasn't on earlier when I checked, and he hadn't said he was going to come. Okay. Um, and Kelly, it seems like it's still pretty early for her to be here. Okay. Um, but Well, if we keep on babbling. <laughs> I know, but we should start, and if they come on, then they can just come on. It works out. Sure. For Friday, April 12th, this is episode 165 of Butterfit Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time you're... Previously on Butterfit Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Butterfit Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Butterfit Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? Am like I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Harder think we please where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterfake Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. And I'm Death Roll. And we are finishing off a little more time by Palace today. Woohoo! We're starting on chapter 20, A Necessary Sacrifice, and this is archived on the MuggleNet fanfiction site. And I also have the whole thing in HTML if you just want to ask me. <laughs> there you go. If you know Death and can ask him, go for it. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> no, I don't think you are. Did you, uh, jumping right off topic immediately, did woo-hoo! you happen to read the... Um, Stuff that uh, Pika gave you the other day? I have not. I, I have can't. not really had a chance. You can't? It won't let, because it's a PDF, it won't let me highlight it and put it in my iPod. I have to send it to Kelly and have it converted for me. Oh, really? That's so odd. I did, I, did, did I actually get those? Hmm. I sent them to you. You sent them to me. Does that mean I got them? <laughs> Sorry. Gassy. Fra- frantic babbles. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I do have it. Because I actually have a book that Will Wheaton wrote. Oh, no. <laughs> that I can't, I can't open. Mom, you know, bought it for me for Christmas on the internet, and I can't get it. I can open it, but it's like over 100 pages, and it would mean sitting and reading, and I have too many other things to actually do. I, I have to listen to my stories. It's too 
it's easier that way. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, when you're wandering around swearing at chickens and whatnot, um, you know, your brain knows what it's doing and it can just detach and let yeah. your body go through the motions and you're listening to the fic. Right. Yeah. See, I wish I had that sort of. I hesitate to use the word luxury, but it really is, um, where I could just detach myself from what I'm doing and let the brain focus on fic and let the body do whatever. Yeah, but not with your job. That doesn't work. No. Well, what job? Well, that's true. <laughs> but the job at, that, at this point that you yeah. usually do, that would be yeah. very different. If I was, you know, doing anything that actually required, you know, my attention. But pulling mm-hmm. weeds, I mean, I could. Yeah, it's it's visual. Yeah. And the chickens and the alpacas, that's all I can listen and stuff like that. And I listen in the car and I listen at work when I'm not with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. But working in the chemistry, excuse me, working in the chemistry lab, it's uh, yeah, a little dangerous. And I'm all about safety. Yes. Safety is my bitch stick. So, yes. well, it was before that I had an incident, but I had a situation where I sprayed methanol in my eye. And yeah, it uh, was not pleasant, but because the safety at this company was so good and because I had been trained on procedure and because I knew where the emergency eyewash station was, I was able to get myself to that. There was no one else in the lab at the time. Um, I mean, I could have screamed for help, but Mm -hmm. I got myself to the sink and I started flushing my eyes and that's when someone came in and saw me and they're like, are you okay? Yeah, I think I will be. Uh, uh, Should I get the safety person? Yeah, that would be helpful. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Carrying on a conversation, my head under the faucet here, just getting sprayed and sprayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that kind of stuff, safety is really important. Yeah. Although... Perhaps at this job I interviewed for a phone interview today um, for basically glorified data entry monkey. Mm-hmm. So safety won't be as big a deal if they offer that to me. That's true. That's very true. That's what I should do. I should just hire out to the people I work for and tell them that, you know, I'll type their notes for them. Mm. And then they could just pay me and it'd be a win-win situation for all of us. But we really should talk about this fic. And oh, there was a fic. Me griping. Focus, <laughs> focus. Who is always okay, encouraging yeah. us to focus aside from Keza and me? It was Itai. Itai. Itai, okay. Yeah, it was in our very first episode <laughs> as hosts. When we took over, we had Itai on and, and he just kept, the whole time he was like, focus, focus. It's like, what podcast do you think you're on? <laughs> <laughs> it's E-tie, you know? it, it was it was the counselor of, in him mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get us to focus. And, and what was the other thing? It was like, and we're off topic again. <laughs> <laughs> focus. I believe it. I need to do something to this file because every time I try to open it, it wants to print, and oh, most of the yeah. time I don't have printer. Okay, can we can we get to the fact now, people? Okay, okay, we're here. I, that's what I was talking about. He I was, was talking trying about to open the fic, and it wasn't, it oh. wasn't opening. Oh, okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we have, it's chapter 19, A Necessary Sacrifice, and Remus has decided that he is going to be the sacrificial lamb. Because oh, I so Remus wanted to always him. does. Mm-hmm. He always does this. This is I, when I 
this is when, okay, this is invoked in me of Remus being an ass. Remus is an ass in this chapter. The whole entire time, I'm like, Remus, you're an ass. Ass, 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 ass. There are a lot of people that were asses in these last few chapters. I must be, like, PMSing really, really, really bad because everybody's been an ass. Oh, we better be nice, Death Row. We don't okay. want to be an ass. No, well, I'm never an ass. Uh, or we could take PS's word and, and just call everybody a whore. So he's going to sacrifice himself. He's decided. He's and going it, to be noble. Yes. And it's this I've seen this character trait in countless fics. I see it when it's hairy. I, I don't know. It's something about, and please, nobody be offended by this. It's something about Gryffindors. <laughs> <laughs> They're. Noble and self-sacrificing, especially when they don't have to be. Yeah. Well, that's oh, I know. It. I my, know. I still want to kill them. My note said, hmm, Harry much? <clears throat> yeah. It's like, you want to be sacrificed? I'll kill you. Yeah. Jackass. And then we we have Mr. Sproul, who is also a jackass. Now, oh, he's a completely Sproul? different jackass. Oh, he is. And you just wanted, I wanted to wring his neck, too. He made me feel slimy. I mean, he's just the used car salesman or like the the ambulance attorney. Ambulance chaser. That's exactly yeah. what he is. Lawyer. He's an ambulance chaser. Excuse us. I hope we didn't offend any lawyers out there. <laughs> really? If or we used did, car salesman. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't worry about the used car salesman, but lawyers can sue us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to. We apologize to all the lawyers out there. We'll get the tribal warrior to save us. <laughs> the tribal what? <laughs> and he is just like putting words into people's mouths. I mean, maybe you intended to preserve the snake Dundini. I'm just like, what? Well, it was just so... Maybe yeah. he wanted a pet snake. Yeah, that's it. Well, what I find interesting about this line of questioning here br- that he brings up Nagini is that apparently everyone knows about the Horcruxes now. Mm-hmm. And they know which ones. Uh, they Sorry, let me rephrase. They know that Nagini was one of them. Um, so it's just Harry has obviously talked. Well, I think and, they had to. I mean, they broke into Gringotts and, th- and threw a, took a giant dragon, threw Gringotts and out the window. I mean... People are going to ask, why were you in Gringotts? Well, because I wanted to see if I could break in and take take the dragon and go through Gringotts and just practically destroy the whole thing. Yeah, they had Do you honestly think that anyone noticed Harry in that situation? I think they were too busy looking at the dragon. Yeah, but somebody's going to know that it was Harry and them that oh, did it. Whatever. Oh, oh what, so, sorry, his, I've I mean, answered my own question. Somebody is going to put the memory in a pensive, and they're going to see him there. There okay. you go. Well, there. I mean, what is it? What grip hook? I mean, grip hook's gonna gonna know. He's gonna tell. Unless, of course, you go by the movie and then he dies, and there you go. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe they eat him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Oh my god, I'm so gassy. Uh-oh. That's okay. Um, so it's it's just an interesting <laughs> note that the whole world knows about Horcruxes now because I've seen fix where they want to keep that, even the mention of them completely under wraps so that no one else tries to go down this path. Mm-hmm. Oh good. There is still someone here. I thought I lost everybody. No, no, <laughs> we're, here. Sorry, we're just we were... listening to you. Oh yeah. good. Uh, I'm Scott says, yes, he wants to be on. And so I was trying to join him. And then I realized that 
he probably didn't have his microphone or anything, and I just cold called him. So I'm. Uh, Hi, Scott. He's not here yet. <laughs> so Sproul here is carrying on this insane line of questioning, and for whatever reason, he's being allowed to just go and go and ramble on and essentially badger the witness. Yeah, and he's, you know, they're trying to stop him, but... Well, I'm... The the only thing that I see, because I think it's uh, Hermione is his lawyer here. Yeah, and she's... Sorry, you get down! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Scott. Hi. Always a fun place to come in. Yeah. Down. Well, you came in at a good point. We were just starting. We sort uh, of rambled for a bit today, so. Us? Okay. Never. No, that never happens. Like she got up there. Where oh, is she? Oh, I got a new entertainment center, and I can't believe she jumped up that high. Oh, uh, I can do yeah, that. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can too. <laughs> She's so bad. You're... Okay, sorry. Um, that was the first time I saw her do it. Mm-hmm. And she's just looking at me like, I know I'm up here. I'm going to rub up against the television. And you can't get to me because you're on the podcast. Ha, ha. Oh, yeah. Um, she, you guys are looking at me. It's so damn cute. She wasn't so damn cute. So to answer your question, Death Roll, Sproul is going on and on. And Hermione and Padma are trying to object. And the minister has said, Mr. Sproul, you've been asked to restrain yourself. If you do not desist... And he's, you know, going on and on. And then Kingsley shoots a spell at him. Yay, Kingsley! Oh, I totally missed that. Contempt of court. It says... Yeah. It says, Minister, the accused has just confessed his desire to see Lord Voldemort reborn. I insist that this... didn't. No, he didn't. This critical line of questioning should be... Ack! Quietly, Kingsley sheathed his wand in his plum-colored robes. So he had shot a an exploding, a small explosive burst that startled the man into silence. Yeah. Just and, like a uh, firecracker or something. Yeah. For a second, I thought he cast a spell on him, well, which yeah. would be very, very poor court practice. Yes. Can we mute him? I wanted. I really wanted a muting charm for him. Yeah. Mhm. So, and and it doesn't stop him. He. He starts going on again, you know. Yeah, and it's like, oh, Lupin's genetic heritage—a son of a werewolf and a mag. I can never. Metamorph magus, 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 and stuff like that. And I mean, it's it's funny. You could just see everybody. It's just like he's hitting every single bad thing you can possibly think of. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny, and everybody's getting angry, even Harry and. Well, Tonks to Ginny and stuff like that. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Harry. I want him out. I want to get rid of him, but we can't fire somebody for being an utter bastard. <laughs> Dang. They evidently do not have the right to work law where they can fire you for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sproul turns it back around on him, and, you know, Kingsley's like, all right, you've tried my patience, and he says, well, minister, you should excuse yourself because you have personal prejudice in favor of the accused. And Kingsley, I love this line, Kingsley's face darkened noticeably, 
Remus He's from, black. I know. Remus His knew face from experience <laughs> that actually being able to see that Kingsley was angry was never a good sign. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's the sort who, when he gets angry, his voice just gets colder. Oh, yeah. And he's and more deeper. calm and more composed, and that's when you know he, trouble is coming. Mm-hmm. But he does. He he excuses himself from the proceedings, or at least from the leadership of the proceedings, and puts Madame Brickspear in charge. She, at least we know, is fair and honest, so that's good. Mm-hmm. One glance from her as she came to her feet was enough to make Sprawl blanch in a most satisfying manner. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. she does say, you know, uh, Mr. Lupin hasn't told us why he was there. And so although nobody really believes all the stuff you're spewing, nobody knows why he was there. So perhaps he should think about it and maybe tell us something. And I'm going to call a recess so that we can have a few minutes and maybe he'll decide he's going to share. And so they all kind of go out and I love Harry takes Remus into the elevator and then stops it halfway, you know, between floors. And I just, I love that because there's so many, I'm a huge NCIS fan and they're they're always stopping the elevator. I wondered if you were thinking of that. Yeah. Skips his office. Yes, it is Gibbs' office. If you need a private word, take it to the elevator. Well, this is just an interesting spiel, and I I think it's strange how Madame Breakspear says that we cannot question him under Veritaserum, because his status as a metamorph magus would enable him to close his throat to the potion. Well, yeah, and then what? Spit it out? He's got to swallow it. Apparently not. Yes, I'm not sure. I don't understand. I don't understand. And it's apparently a huge plot point. Or, or what he can do is just like um, make a little cup, a cup on it into his throat and kind of talk away. And then like when he's gone away for a, like he has to go to the bathroom or everything's adjourned and he goes, he goes away. He can just then take that little cup out and spit it out. I suppose it just seems weird because <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so he's decided, because, go ahead. Basically, Teddy is refusing to take the stand in his own defense, and Madam says, well, without him speaking up and telling us his motives, if we could believe them, we have nothing but Sproul's accusations to ponder, and as ridiculous as they are, that's all there is. Evidently, this is not a court that relies on you know evidence and uh, law, and they just <laughs> well, say, "Oh, yeah, well, does. the the prosecutor can make up something, and if we have nothing else, that's what we'll go with." They did say uh, that Sproul can't keep on with this line of questioning or accusations if he doesn't have any evidence to back it up. But yeah, he can just. It's also you know the jury or the rest of the Wizengamot, which is basically the equivalent of the jury, has nothing else to balance against that because the defense mm-hmm. hasn't said anything. That yeah, something can be ordered stricken from the record. The jury can be told to disregard something, but they heard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and it's going to say the same thing. Yeah, it's going to affect them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do to change that. So, and Remus is kind of pondering and he's figuring he's got to come forward and reveal himself as yes, I'm Remus Lupin back from the past sort of thing, because otherwise Teddy will just get arrested and no, nothing good will come out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, this whole thing is summed up perfectly. Remus sighed deeply. 
whatever happened now, this trial was not going to end well. And you can just see him going down on this spiral into there's no hope. The only way that the, we can possibly get out of this is if I do something dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so he's trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? Because I don't want Dora to get in on it. So somehow oh. I've got to keep her out of my way. Because there's no way in hell she's going to let me get away with it. So I know, how about if I get Mrs. Tonks? She'll help. Oh, no, I can't do that because I can't have Dora mad at her mother. That's not going to work. I know, Harry. Harry will help me. And so he, Mm -hmm. you know, ends up in the elevator with Harry and he kind of tells Harry his plan. And Harry's like, are you crazy? No. That's something I would do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he goes, and I've learned from my mistakes, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just, Harry's like, Remus, we've been through this. If you go forward with it, you know, it's not going to work. You're going to make things worse. And Remus has, it's like horse blinders. He's got those horse blinders on. All he can see is Teddy is in trouble. I have to fix him. I have to be his dad. Oh, I, no, no. I was thinking, no, he's just like a freaking nine-year-old, which I know very well, who got something in their head and won't let go because they want to do that one thing so damn bad. Mm-hmm. Just want to kill him. Yeah, because he's arguing exactly the opposite things for Dora. Um, Harry's like, it's foolish for her to come forward, but it's fine for you. And Remus says, well, that's different. You know, she's different and yeah that that'll be different it's totally different oh blah 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 i'm like oh my god sacrificial okay stupid asshole Uh (laughs) (laughs) and so remus decides he's got a backpedal here and he's like okay okay you're right harry i promise i'll be good and he says okay and then the elevator door opens and they see dora and her morph's starting to slip just a little bit. So he's like, Harry, please, take Dora up to your office and show her pictures of Ginny so, you know, she can fix her morph. And Harry makes him promise not to do anything stupid, which Harry in this fic is just he's getting so lied to. so bad at making people promises to him. Oh, yeah. I, just thought, I mean, didn't you see, like, um, what Snape and whatever, um, Draco's mom did the little binding thing hello vow. yeah why don't you start doing that to people harry you dumbass <laughs> there's no third remus person is, there to do it yeah, yeah. There you go. So, remus is thinking like oh it can't be stupid if it's the right thing to do and you're just wanting to whack him over the head with a brick or whatever yeah head desk <laughs> it's, it's another moonstruck moment mm-hmm. snap out of it mm-hmm. well is Harry, the reason they're in the elevator in the first place is Harry's trying to give him his next dose of polyjuice because he's stopping. He's not looking so much like Ron anymore. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, don't think I haven't noticed you haven't taken your polyjuice yet. And Remus says, oh, no, that's fine. It's fine. Just go off, do your thing. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And so he, uh, he finally, when Harry's slightly distracted, he transforms, he you know dumps the polyjuice and... In a, pot, in a pot plant, which I love because I remember the discussion that we had when Keza wrote pot plant and everybody was like, ooh, pot. And she's like, <laughs> it's a plant that grows in a pot. 
but that's not something that we use here. We say potted plant. So it made me think of Keza. Mm-hmm. But and then he conjures something that looks exactly like Polyjuice Potion, but it's sugar flavored and yummy, almost. Mm, yummy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. Placebo Polyjuice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's still wrong. Yeah. And he goes back in, and sh- they start calling. Madame Breaksburg starts calling to order. And he stands up and starts walking. And nobody can yeah. see who he is because he's got his hood up. And he says, I have something to submit to the court. And Hermione's like, I'll deal with him. I just, we could just have recess. I'll, I'll deal with him. <laughs> yeah. And Teddy's just like, no. And the guards shove really- him back. Go ahead, Trisha. Oh, nothing. Sorry. Brain fart. She's yeah. just very gassy tonight. She is. She's so <laughs> gassy tonight. It's so funny. Shut up! That's the episode title somehow. (laughs) I I love uh, Hermione. Madam Breaksborough, please, I just need a minute to speak to this gentleman. I've dealt with him before. Oops. You shouldn't have said that. Can we get Hagrid in here? I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Yeah. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. No more questions. I'm sorry, but I can't let this go on. Teddy is, he's, he's being a drama queen a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, both of them actually, but I was gonna say, like yeah. father, like son. Yeah. The person uh. that he's trying to protect is me. <laughs> and Kingsley has now seen a ghost. Well, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sure you worked it out. Kingsley. You finished calling him like the person. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And her like, mind Ugh. just collapses in her seat and she's like, Oh God, now he's done it. And so, uh, Kingsley's like, Remus. And, the you know, Matilda Breakspear doesn't know who it is. Minister, who's this? And Kingsley's like, I saw your body. I carried your coffin at the funeral. I watched them close it up and bury you. And Remus is like, that wasn't me. It's been 20 years. You haven't aged a day. Well, technically yeah. I haven't. Yeah. And yeah. so he says, okay, I need proof. And Remus says, ask me questions. Mm-hmm. And he starts... You know, he starts telling him, he asks a question, and Remus has an answer for every single thing, and Kingsley believes him. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just it. And, you know, the last question, what color was Tonks' hair the day I introduced you to her? He even knew that, so it's got to be him. And then... But she changes it later in the day, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, wow, no one else could possibly know this. Yeah. Kingsley believes it, and... He's like, sweet Merlin, it really is you. And I'm expecting like a running across the field moment here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so Matilda Breakspear wants to know if he can confirm it. And he says, oh, yeah, I can affirm it. This is this is him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Remus lies and says it was only me that Teddy saved. And Sproul's like, saved, saved. He changed things. Yeah. 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 He didn't change a thing. He didn't. You stand here alive when the Minister of Magic has stated that you should be in your grave? How can that possibly mean nothing's changed? Thank you. You just made my point for me. Yeah. Because... I stand here and nothing has changed. We won. Voldemort's dead. Yay! Mm -hmm. And then Dora arrives. And ruins (laughs) everything. 
I love her. Oh, good, because you know what? The little freaking idiot should think things a little bit through. You know what? Good for her. Even though I think she's an idiot too sometimes, but still. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes! Remus Lupin, you bloody great prat! Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because Remus has just said, let whatever you would do to Teddy fall on me instead, uh, because he's a martyr complex. And, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> Let Teddy go and I'll sit in Azkaban or you can kill me or whatever needs to be done, I'll do it because I'm his dad. <laughs> I'm his daddy. Yeah. You know, you know uh, what? To make him a man, let him suffer his own damn consequences. Yeah. yeah. And then Tonks comes in and just goes off. And she I just. Genie! <laughs> Jenny, my love, calm down, sit down. There's nothing we can do about no. And then, yeah, she's Harry and Hermione just are, they can't do a thing. Yeah. No. And Kingsley's like, Tonks too? Crap. <laughs> and she, yeah, and Tonks is just like, you know. She slaps him. She does. She slaps him and then she what? goes on and on about how he, he uh, you know, oh, Tar, Dora, darling, you know, don't you see it's for the best? You're young. You've got your life ahead of you. Oh. Like, you just don't worry I'm, about me. Go on with your life. You have can have children future that are werewolf stroking. pups. <laughs> you can have a wonderful future stroking fluffy bunnies and skipping in meadows. <laughs> yeah. And your hair can be any color you want. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wanted to throw up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he like, says, "Yeah, I'm supposed to grovel for forgiveness because I wanted you to be safe." And she says, "I didn't mind that part. <laughs> I mind that you're sacrificing yourself without even asking me first. And mm-hmm. I want you safe too." Yeah. And actually, from the way this is written, I'm not sure that she slapped him, and I think she might have slugged him. <laughs> I think she should have slugged him. He made no attempt to stop her hand as it swung in hard and impacted against his cheek with a bruising thud, slamming his head sideways with the force of the blow. Yeah. I think she punched him. I think she did, too. She roundhoused him. Good! He deserves it. You he know really what? I always does. pictured, I always pictured um, Tonks being a... Um, no, what's the Fred, what were Fred and George? Beaters. I'm ta- I remember beaters. I always pictured Tonks being a beater. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm doesn't need quite as much coordination in some ways as the chasing and such. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to stay oh. on a broom. Well, yeah. But I have a feeling that she was probably so focused on the damn ball that she, it probably kept her on the broom. Well, there you go. But, well, I mean, look at me. Yeah. Okay, case in point. There's me. nothing to trip over on a broom, so... Ah. Well, the thing is... <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, well, I'm a dancer and a gymnast and I run. And you know what? I'm probably the most clutziest person in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. I trip Fair over enough. everything. Yeah, it depends on, you know, what you're doing. Fair enough. Although, interestingly enough, I was talking with Kat earlier today, and she said she's the sort of person who can walk fine in three-inch heels and trips in flats. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, Strange. That makes sense. But this whole scene here, um, I feel like I've read it before. 
where Tonks is just bitching Remus out for his nobility complex and wanting to martyr himself, and he's so eager to throw himself on the sword to save other people, and he doesn't even think to talk to them first and find out how they feel. Mm -hmm. And what I like is that even though I've read this sort of rant before, is that it actually has a function in the plot, and it's not just romantic relationship drivel. So I do appreciate that. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's something that actually has significance, as opposed to him just being stupid mm-hmm. and giving the author an excuse to write some angst. Yeah. So they're having their yelling match, and he goes over the line. He says, "I wanted to make sure this time he had one parent left," and they both just stop. And he says, "I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry." And she says, yeah, I probably should have been yelling at you either because this is who you are. <laughs> you're just, that's what you're like. You wouldn't have been the man that I married if you weren't the undisputed high king of noble prats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I'm sorry, K- Kingsley is the best thing out of as well. As one of the few people in existence ever witnessed an epic Epic scariness of Remus Lupin and Nymphenora Tonks are arguing over his noble tendency and her refusal to be detected. I can confirm that the and lingering doubts before they're definitely gone now. <laughs> That's, That's them, all right. <laughs> and Dora's like, I'm going to kick you in the shins and don't call me Nymphedora. And he's like, yep, that's the and clincher. that's the clincher. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, that was just so cute. I'm sorry. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good line from Kingsley and it breaks the tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they look around and they realize, oh, yeah, we're having a marital spat in the middle of the Wizen Gamut. Whoops. In front of our son and everybody else that we love. Everybody and their neighbor now knows we've aired mm-hmm. our dirty laundry in front of them. And then yeah. the three of them pass the ball with, punish me, not the other two. No, we should, um, anything you say goes for both of us, and as long as Teddy's fine. And Teddy's like, no, ignore them. Just punish me. take it all out on me. Just- oh, my God. It's, it's, a, it's a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it makes me want to slap all of them. We have Dennis. And so, Dennis oh, is losing I so his wanted mind. To cry. I so he was supposed to be cry. the next witness. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you can do this for your parents, then do it for my brother. Bring Colin back. Mm-hmm. Do it like, forever. We can't. He was just 16. 16. My brother deserves another chance. Bring him back. And they're like, there's no way. It, it won't work. It's broken. And he's like, no. Fix it. I'm going to do it. If you won't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going out. I'll just do it myself. And Teddy tries to stop him. And of course, the guards stop Teddy instead of stopping Dennis. But Harry's there to save the day. And he casts a sleeping spell on him. And he knocks him out cold. <sighs> and I oh, love... I mean, it, it just broke my heart. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. And a little later with Molly, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know that if Teddy could save them, he would. Mm-hmm. But there's just no way. Yeah, we were discussing this last week, I think. If Teddy could save everyone, he would do it, gladly. If he could save everybody except his parents, he would do it. Right. And so Madame Breakspear is sort of sitting there and says, 
Okay. Obviously, there's some stuff to be cleared up. Uh, Madam Weasley, as you seem to be acquainted with more of the details of this matter than you've told the court, I'd appreciate it if you'd stay a few moments to clarify. <laughs> yes. She's <laughs> like, uh, shit. And the rest of you, there are waiting rooms. Go away while I work this out. <laughs> and, the, and then it's just, just when, like, Remus gets his even more just desserts. Yeah. And it's just, you know, all he can do. Uh, this is a serious matter, and it's got lots of ramifications for the wizarding world. We're going to have to figure it out. So you're just going to have to wait. That's what he's going to do. He's going to wait and figure out what's going to happen. Yep. And they're all going to jump over into the... I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, Matilda Breakspear, is she the... This is the wrong phraseology, but is she the chief warlock? I don't know. Because it seems to me that if Kingsley's impartiality is questioned, that he should recuse himself, and he does. But he's the minister, not the chief warlock, so shouldn't the chief warlock take over? It it never really says. She could be, but there's nothing saying she isn't, but it never actually comes up. Mm. Okay. She's at least someone that he trusts to carry on the trial impartially. Right. Yeah, in a fair and impartial manner. I just think if the chief warlock is there and he turned to Breakspeare, that would be a very bad political move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they head out and Molly We shift attacks. to Tonks' point of view. And yeah. <laughs> Tonks is engulfed by a, a large mass of graying red hair. In a breath-stealing <laughs> embrace. And, yeah. And I love Tonks's. Hi, Molly. It's good to see you, too. <laughs> just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. She's got to, you know, get to Teddy. And Teddy's just sobbing. And he's not mm-hmm. sobbing because he's sad. He's sobbing because he's so enraged he doesn't even know how to handle it anymore. Oh, yeah. I and, mean, I don't know if anybody's ever been that angry. He's just, you just don't know what to do. And you've got to get it out. And you can't, you can't go hit something or... So. Break your hand. Although, you know, he might be able to do it without hurting himself too badly. Ooh, yeah. genius. Does he make a pocket in his throat so he doesn't have to take care of the serum? There you yeah. go. Because, of course, she yep. thinks that he's upset in a different way and she goes over and says, what's wrong? And he's like, what's wrong? You've both just ruined the entire plan. What are you doing? You're idiots. And mm-hmm. And Remus is like, I just couldn't stay quiet. I'm trying to help you. Sprawl was setting you up. He's like, why not? I did the crime. I was the one that broke the rule. I'm the one that put Penny into a coma. I deserve to be punished, and you don't. And Remus is like, but you're my son. And he's like, I don't care. (laughs) It would have been Azkaban, just months or a couple of years at most. Yeah. And I love how he just shrugs off a couple of years in Azkaban. Well, the Dementors, no Dementors are anymore. gone. So. I was going to say, are the Dementors gone this time? I think so. I don't so. remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Dementors would be gone because they went over to Voldy's side during the war, so you know they didn't bring them back. Mm. Nobody trusts them again, so... And then Harry gets there and says, and like, Remus, right. you promised me that you were going to take your polyjuice and Obviously you didn't. And Remus says, I promised I wouldn't do anything stupid. It wasn't stupid. I was doing the right thing. And Harry's like, he wasn't 
if he wasn't facing a prison sentence before he is now, mm-hmm. yeah. you've, you've made everything worse. So yeah. much worse. What Harry should have done is said, Remus, promise me you won't reveal yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, this is stupid Harry again. This is very stupid Harry. Yeah, he's he's not good at his promises. He's not very good at or, apparently. Yeah. He as, as we sometimes like to call much. him, as we like to sometimes call him, Canon Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't think through the details of things. No. No. He's good at tactics, not strategy. <laughs> That's where Ron comes in. Yes. Ron is not good at strategy either. No. Okay, oh, well. it's Jenny. And now, you know, you've just made it worse, and now nobody knows what they're going to do, but probably they're going to end up sending you back, you idiot. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did the right thing. No, dude, you didn't. Get it through your head. Yeah, and And Tonks is looking over at Kingsley, who's just sort of sitting there off to by himself with no idea what to do with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how can you? I mean, you're probably like, okay, I just got some of my friends back. Oh my god! Oh my god! My friends are gonna go wasted. Yeah, yeah. Came back just in time for them to leave, and then we have Molly, who's like, well, they can't send them back through the portal. That'd be like murder, and you can't do murder. Wait a minute. Um, if you can bring them back, can you bring back Fred? And there's the crux oh. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Even the people who want to support Teddy and his decision, they want him to save other people. Mm-hmm. There is no impartiality it's here. It's just human. That's just a human thing to want. Mm-hmm. It's not a wizard or anything like that. But that's yeah. I mean, how can you not? And she even knows that what she's asking is wrong, but she mm-hmm. can't help herself. Yeah. She says mm-hmm. she's she's so for, so sorry for asking, but it's mm-hmm. got to come up. And Kingsley says, "Okay, and here's your this is the problem. This is the other problem. Mm-hmm. Even if you guys weren't here and even if your being alive doesn't affect the timeline, which has been argued that it won't, everybody and their neighbor and their dog are going to want to have their loved ones back." And there's still a few people out there that would like to have Voldemort back. Mm-hmm. So what are or we Grindelwald. Do? Or Grindelwald, yeah. How about yes. we bring Albus? That's true. Yeah, no bring one, Albus no back. One does, no one does. Yeah, no one does. says anything about Albus. So they won't want it made public, which basically means even if they let you all live and go on your way, you're going to have to live in hiding for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's just hiding is such a loose term. Send them to Australia. They'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's where everybody goes. Magical witness protection program. Yeah, there you go. Meet up with Mr. and Mrs. Granger. (laughs) Yeah. Australia's on my mind lately. I've been listening to the Rebuilding Life episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send them on the Rubus. Yeah, I like the Rubus. I, I like Tonks here. So whatever happens, we're screwed. 
We go back and we yeah. die, or we hide away for the rest of our lives. Nothing's changed from this morning except for the power to make that choice for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know. Thanks, Remus. Way to go. Yep. Yep. Dumbass. Jackass. And then we have a knock on the door, and Terry Boot has said they're ready to vote. And the verdict's know, in. You get the. And on to the next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and back to Remus's point of view. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he notes is that Matilda Breakspear is pale. Yes. And Hermione <laughs> has drawn her lips into a thin line. Uh-oh, she's been that. taking lessons from, uh, from, from Minerva. McGonagall. Minerva. <laughs> I, from I do like, can I take it that Sproul looking a little out of sorts is a good sign? And she's like, no, it's just that he didn't understand a word that was said, so he doesn't know if he's one or not. <laughs> I laughed yeah. at that. Uh, it's like great. He's a lawyer in there arguing, and he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Wonderful. And then we have. You uh, know what? I I was a jury at one and one thing, and this I had I was watching this lawyer. It was a malpractice case, and this lawyer couldn't even remember his um, his client's name and everything. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, they spent how much money on you? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's bad when the lawyer can't even remember your name. Mm-hmm. And even Hermione also- doesn't really know what's, what side has come on because mm-hmm. she's no, she knows at least some of the Wizengamot understand and appreciate what's going on, but some of the others are pretty sure nothing will fix things but sending them back and uh, yeah. All sorts of stuff has gone up, so who knows what they'll say. And we have a ringleader, Mr. DeWinter, who is apparently Teddy's boss. I mean, yeah, he's the head of the Unspickables. Yeah, and he, but he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just this, you know. He's more interested in his what he plays, and you know, just doing everything. And he lets everybody else just kind of run the thing, and he doesn't, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. But oh, I have a boss like that. Yeah. Ideas. Oh, oh, he's a perfect manager. In other words, mm-hmm. yeah. Not a clue what's going on and likes to boss everybody around. Yeah. So he and uh, Sproul and, are yes. you know, a if good they, team. If they send him back, Sproul has volunteered to switch the real Remus and Tonks out for the fakes again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't that generous of him? He's mm-hmm. such a nice guy. And Harry is just, ooh, this guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's at the top of my list. And I'm going to take care of my list at some point. Well, what I like here is that they bring this suggestion and every single member of the Time Division says, screw you, I ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like that they're sticking up for Teddy here. They are. Well, and part of it is they know it doesn't. it's not going to work. Well, they know that, true, but... And they've been, you know... So they threaten their jobs, or DeWinter threatens their jobs, because, yeah, he's as slimy as the other one. Yeah, but, you know, if they... They they should have called that bluff, because I bet Kingsley would give him a job in another division. Mm-hmm. So... But the thing is, they don't have, they don't have the... They can't get... They can't ask Kingley, Kingsley for that. They probably... Some of them probably don't even know Kingsley well enough. Say, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he'll get me another job. Yeah, but still. So the next step in the trial is um, they've had their debate, but they want to give the people involved time for a final statement, basically. Mm-hmm. But they won't let Molly or anybody else uh, appeal for or against 
personal recommendations or pleas on behalf of the accused or his parents. So, uh, yeah, but Teddy to- stands up and says, "Okay, I'm guilty. I did everything they accused me of. I broke the portal. It was I used it for personal ends. It's all my fault. But please don't do anything to my parents. They didn't do anything to." bring themselves here, and they at least have a future. And Matilda says, you know, this is pretty close to a personal appeal. And he's like, "Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, There's no need to advocate returning them through the portal because it's broken. History has not changed. I did everything that I could to make sure history played out exactly the same way. Sending them back will not do anything other than kill them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can prove it. Exhume the bodies. You'll find it's spells and not a corpse. And of course, Sproul's like, that's absurd. After all this time, there'd be no way. And they all kind of turn on him. Yeah. And so she has to restore order again. But she admits that Sprawl is right. There'd be no way to tell uh, whether it is spell residue or not at right. this point. Or if it's a corpse that long. So Teddy drops back in and... Kingsley has his say, and he says, you know, I, I'm backing up Teddy. His parents don't need to die for history to be as it should. Because, um, well, actually, Harry goes first. I'm sorry. And Harry tells them, if you will, and I love this. He actually uses the chosen one. If mm. you are willing to take my word as a sworn order and the chosen one, I'll prove it to you. Not not the chosen one as your, your chosen, chosen one. one. Makes yeah. it personal. Yeah. I saved all of your asses. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, you know, something really weird happened to me. Well, first of all, let me tell you that there were horcruxes. You all seem to know about that. But there was also the hallows. And Dumbledore had the wand before Voldemort had it. And he made sure that I had the Resurrection Stone. And before you all jump on me and ask where it is, I lost it. And I'm not telling you where. But it worked. And my parents and my godfather and Remus all came to me. And I know you're going to say I was under a lot of stress and I was hallucinating. It wasn't true. but That's what he thought for years. Yeah. Or he's wondered about it. But last week, Remus showed up and he found out for certain... It was real. It really happened. It did. So you don't have to send him back because he was dead at that point. And and it's just, you know, it's the timeline's the same. If it wasn't the yeah. same, I wouldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Kingsley says, uh, well, there's not much I can say to top that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I agree. But there's another reason that people might have said we should send them back and that's for um, what if it gets out and everybody wants their loved ones back and all that and Kingsley says well for one thing it has to be an unwitnessed death because no one can have been there to see them die for it to work Mm -hmm. and the other thing is the portal's broken and he, he basically accuses them of if if you go through this and send them back, all you are doing is trying to let's see here. Um, <laughs> oh, every, people will want to know why they can't have their um, loved ones back, and you want to hide that, so you're going to kill these people just to cover it up. Mm-hmm. 
And he asks all of them, can you live with murder on your conscience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, Remus says, I've stated my wish that any punishment you would give will fall on me and not my family. I'd say that again, but my wife and my son will do away with me, so I guess I won't do that. I'm just saying Teddy matters to us and that whatever you decide we'll comply with as long as he's not severely punished. Yeah. And so... And now's the time to vote. Yeah. And pretty much, Teddy's guilty. Yep. Well, they, they've got the proof that he's guilty. Oh, yeah. 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 He's the charge it. was intention to pervert the course of history. And, yep, he went back and wanted to change how history came out. Mm-hmm. But, but it's clear that he did not intend to save Voldemort. Right. Right. And then... We have that he's, you know, found guilty of willful negligence and blatant and deliberate misuse of the ministry's time portal. And she says, you know, first of all, I believe we uh, need to make sure that he's not at work anymore. And uh, yeah, I think we'll have to send him to Azkaban. Six months, which is, you know, pretty easy. I thought so too. I mean, it's prison sentences are never good, but still, six months beats what it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, and Remus and Dora are both horrified, and Dora actually says, "You call that easy?" And uh, Madame Breakspear says, "Yeah, because originally we were thinking years, so six months." Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. And so then they go. And now <laughs> we have to move on to you. <laughs> Those who are in favor of letting them live and stay here, raise your hand. And, like, almost half of them raise their hands. And she counts mm-hmm. them very carefully. And then he says, okay, those in... Or, actually, it's those who are in favor of sending them back, raise your hands. And it's, it's half. It's and then half. remain is half. And then we're a few votes short. And yeah. are there any abstentions? And there's three of them who just can't do it. Right. And the final vote is... You know what? I can't blame them. Yeah. That's the equivalent of voting present. It's, yeah, I'm here. I'm not going to record my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just too terrible of a choice to make. Um, And the final tally is 24 to 22 with four abstentions. And history must be protected. So they're going to send them back to die. Yeah, which is bollocks. And on to the next chapter, Facing Fate. It where Remus morning. is waking up the next morning. And he is doomed to die. Yeah. Uh, so see, a week had passed since the trial ruling had effectively rendered him a dead man walking. Never mind that he's been a dead man walking all this rest of the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, um, at least they found compassion and post- postponed Teddy's jail sentence to watch his parents die. Yeah. It wasn't compassion. They had to fix the portal. Yeah, but they didn't put Teddy in jail until they they said he could stay with his parents until afterwards. So yeah, yeah they're arrest. on house arrest. Mm-hmm. And the the group of three decide whether there should be an appeal. Are two two of them are people who were opposing everything in the trial. So mm-hmm. no appeal. I think it's very funny that Teddy has the ankle bracelet on. <laughs> yeah. He's been magically tagged to prevent him from moving more than 100 yards in any direction away from his family home. I presume that means up and down as well. Probably. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, it's not just the X and Y axis, it's also the Z. Mm -hmm. Correct. And I, I love this. What exactly were people supposed to do when they're under house arrest with only a week to live? They talk and play games oh. and read. <laughs> Remus is like, have any good books been published in the last 20 years? Uh, you've only got a week, Remus. You know that, right? Yeah, here, read oh, Peace. Quick, I'll grab a time turner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I like how they have the the people uh, people go mute if they try to talk about the trial. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, the vow of silence, the which is great, magically enforced. It's better than a gag order. Right, and we have uh, and their their visitors are all people who are in the know. Those mm -hmm. are the only people allowed to visit them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's here a, we get some more. Go ahead. There's a little overheard argument between Teddy and Victoire in the garden, Th which that, included the word. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah. If you think you're breaking up with me over some stupid jail sentence, think again, Lupin. And <laughs> if the words were your own good, you would think about crossing your lips. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> He wasn't even raised by these people, and yet... Like yeah. father, like son. Uh, it's a nature argument. But we do have Although some I good guess... news. Penny mm -hmm. has woke up and is starting to get a little better. So that's yeah. good oh, news. Good. Yay! Asking coherent questions about the department and what on earth is going on. But they can't tell her anything because they're all under the gag order. Right. Mm -hmm. and Molly... Which is just... So wrong. <laughs> I know. Molly can tell her a little bit because they weren't in the court. So Molly and Arthur can kind of tell them what's going on, but they don't really know. And, and mostly Remus is just thinking about he's lying in bed with his wife for possibly the last time. Mm -hmm. And then we switch to Dora's point of view. And she's she's uh, woken up to find Remus staring at her mm -hmm. with love and warmth and sadness in his eyes. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> They're having yeah. the last goodbyes mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, it's and then all very noble. Start dropping by to say goodbye to them. How am I going to say this, goodbye to my mom? I can't say goodbye. And this is so much harder than, you know, just getting killed in battle because you have to spend time with each of these people and know that this is the last time you're going to see them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's fast, not fast or anything like that. So Yes. Andromeda has declined her right to be there and witness them getting sent back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame her. I don't blame her either. I wouldn't want to be there for it. Oh, I probably no. would, but I wouldn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And Dora's like, if it's this hard saying goodbye to my mom, how in the hell am I going to say goodbye to Teddy and Remus? Well, yeah. she doesn't really have to say goodbye to Teddy and Rivers. They're doing it together. Yeah, but she still has to say goodbye. Well, no, because she will be separated from both of them forever. So. Mm -hmm. it yeah, she's got to be separated from Teddy, but she's going back with Remus. And yeah, but they're As die. we know. Well, so what? Yeah. As we know from the canon and the story, there is an afterlife and they'll see each other again. That's true. But, you know. And we should see them again. To leave Teddy. And Hermione is having to talk Harry out of doing something stupid. <laughs> Gee. Because it totally runs in the family, this stupidity. Oh, it so does. 
Yeah. Are we sure Rivas and Harry aren't related? I think they are. Somewhere. <laughs> Probably a few generations we, back. We always blood. get yeah. we always get these stories about Snape being Harry's father. I want to see one about Remus mm-hmm. as the father. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever even seen one, let alone one done well. It's always Snape or sometimes Sirius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could actually see that because there have been fics where Remus and Lily were pretty close. And mm-hmm. if if you can have some enchantment or potion that makes Snape's son look like James Potter's son, could you not have James Potter willingly adopting this kid so that he doesn't get ostracized for being a werewolf? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's Remus's friend. Right. They would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Interesting. I'll save that one for the Plot Bunnies episode. Okay. Which will have been out for a year by the time the listeners hear this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> So but Harry, Harry has thought it through a little bit more because he's, you know, oh, Hermione, why do you always have to make so much sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's been, not going to do something rash. He, he's been asked to pick them up and portkey them back. And he's like, OK, I can mess up the portkey and portkey us somewhere else. And all I have to do is knock King Ross off. And he's, you know, an idiot anyway, so I won't have any trouble knocking him out. I, I kind of like that idea. Can I hit him first? <laughs> you know, he's been nothing but trouble since we started this thing. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm. It's not gonna happen. And that's when Hermione said, mm, no, you can't. Because he'd be arrested for assault, for one thing. And Portis are charmed against tampering. He is not clever enough to do that in the time allotted. So. No, Hermione probably could get away with it, but Harry's, there's no way. Yeah. And we come in with Mr. De Winter just haranguing people. He's, you know, mm-hmm. I've already got people on their final warning for refusing to show me how this damn thing works. You people have been shilly-shallying around all week. Let's get this on, you know. I'm going to fire you all. Chaudhry's been muted twice for trying to spill the beans. <laughs> I love that. Uh, now, I am rapidly losing my patience with this division. I am head of the unspeakables, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and if and you don't Croker do exactly what I tell you, I'm going to close the time division for good and fire every damned one of you. <laughs> and Croker is wandering around muttering behind his back. Yeah. You spend more time in the department rather than swanning off abroad on your personal projects. Maybe you'd have a bit more respect. <laughs> yeah. You arrogant, yeah. obnoxious, malicious. Oh, hi, Teddy. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> uh, and everyone's like, oh, we don't want to do this. I really don't, but he's going to close the division if I don't. He's already threatened to sack Rajesh. And- yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta wonder though, what value is the time division serving? Let him close it. Mm-hmm. At this point, yeah. Yeah. He's ahead of broken the portal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We oh, we gotta close the division. The portal's broken. Um, I mean, so what? The head unspeakable closes the division. Big deal. I get the sense he's not going to be the head unspeakable for all that much longer. Very much longer. Yeah. yeah. But you, got, you know. People depend uh, on their jobs and stuff like that. You can oh, kind of yeah. see. But I yeah, know. I, I understand some people it. live paycheck to paycheck. I get it. But it's just, 
I, I feel it's time for some civil disobedience here. Mm-hmm. Picketing. No. You want it floating no. signs. They just turned into winter and say, you want it done? You do it. Do it yourself. You're the head of the division. You should know what yep. you're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And and just watch him flounder and it, it would be very amusing and completely contrary to this deep and emotional tone that we've been building with the watching her sleep and gazing deep into the eyes and, and so forth that we've had already. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to keep the tone consistent. Yes. Yeah, it would be hysterical. I, I would I'd love to see some sort of an outtake or whatever that didn't make it. <laughs> Or De Winter and yeah. You just see De Winter losing his mind. <laughs> I pressed all the buttons. Nothing's happening. Well, he does that in a minute anyhow. So okay, yeah. we find out the portal's ready, and now we switch to Harry. I mean, Teddy. Yeah, and he's you know sure he's going to be sick, and he's got to say goodbye, and he's only known him a month, and I don't want to say goodbye yet. My mom and my dad and. I have to watch him die again, and this time it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably even more tragic. I mean, growing up, he never had his parents. I mean, when you're a baby, okay, who remembers the time when they're like four or five months old? Nope. That one. Mm-hmm. I remember I, mean, I pooped a lot. Probably cried, too. Um, yeah. And ate and slept, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Probably cute, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I did. Yeah, it's not an episode of Buffalo if we don't bring up vomit at some point. Vomit? No, I was going to say, it's, it's not me if I didn't bring up vomit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Buffalo if Trisha doesn't bring up vomit. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and they exchange the their I love yous. And their goodbyes. And they pull apart and they're trying to memorize each other and all of that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah. It is really well written. I I did find it very moving. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. You I mean you have to be a really cold-hearted person if you didn't feel for these people reading this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. really would. Yeah. So and Teddy's mom says, "Make sure you learn when to stop being a noble prat." And his dad says, "Take care of yourself." And I want you to know this isn't your fault. And because you know, mm-hmm. they did give him six months in Azkaban, and yeah. So like, oh, well, it's going to be hard, but you'll get through it, and you've got Harry and Gran, and Victoire. don't you dare break up with Victoire. <laughs> <laughs> and then we switch to Kingsley's point of view, and he's thinking, this is wrong, mm-hmm. and it's been and wrong it since the beginning, but mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, there's nothing he can do. It's not his decision in the, anymore. Even though he's the Minister for Magic, he's powerless in this instance, and De Winter is, you know, already he's going to do the switching spell. He's going to bring back the dead bodies and send Remus and Tonks into the portal. The dramatic and music is swelling up. I don't know. If that, has any of you ever saw the movie The Big, uh, the big Red One? No. no. It doesn't ring a bell, no. Okay. It's an old, it's, it's a pretty old um, World War II movie. It's, it's actually very, very good. Um, it's about the big red one. It's um, a military unit, and it's in World War II. And they go, um, they go into this insane asylum where the Ger- where the Germans are are holding up with the insane asylum with the insane asylum people, and they have someone in there to help them through there. And 
because they have a lot of uh, higher ups and military, whatever. Well, at this one point, they're going, they're going in, and everybody's having dinner. The military people and the um, the patients, the same, um, the same patients are in there, and they have a huge shootout right during the thing. And one of the, the same patients looks around and goes, "Oh, it's so beautiful, so beautiful!" All the firing and stuff like that. And he sees the gun and he picks it up. He starts shooting everybody and goes, look, I'm sane just like you. I'm sane. And I'm like, this is what I'm picturing this guy being like during this time. He's like, look, I'm sane. <laughs> if you yeah. ever got, if you ever to see the movie, definitely go see it. Just pick it up. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. Sounds Mark good. Mark Hamilton's in it. It is. It's a great movie. Mark Hamill's in it? Yeah, he's in it. And um, oh, like, I, like I think Luke he, Skywalker, Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, Luke Skywalker. No kidding. Yeah, and um, nice. you would know some of the other. You would know some uh, some of the other characters too. Um, Lee Harvey, he's in it. He's one of the main guys. It's actually a very good movie. Nice. I'll have to check it out. So everything is coming to its climax. Ooh, and, Robert Carradine's uh, in it too. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 oh look uh, Google love it I'm sorry go ahead Scott <laughs> just wait for the tangent to wind itself up um, so the portal is all set up to work and they cast the spell and everyone says their goodbyes and they cast the spell and it doesn't work and nothing happens no yeah, yeah, nothing happens what the bloody pop. why is nothing happening yeah. And, and Kingsley just... has closed his eyes in anticipation and he just has to open them again and De Winter is going nuts. It's not working, but mm-hmm. Portal ate my spell. Aww. Yeah. And, he's, he, and, he, and he just jumps in. Well, Mr. De Winter, I would say that this is all the signal we need to show that history does not demand that innocent lives be sacrificed by the temporal theory of your unspeakables. <laughs> <laughs> As she's just getting into lecture mode. Yeah. Uh, Tandry, get in here! He told us it would work. He lied before the wizard come on. I'll have his hide. Everybody's like, he's theorized. Under threat of his job. And he was wrong. Mm -hmm. You can't blame him. This is gonna get done. And, you know, Spittle's flying. I'm sorry, I have Scrooge McDuck in my mind. You know? (laughs) Just jumping up and down and... A sea monster was sighted in the... A sea monster ate my ice cream? A sea monster ate my ice cream! Ah! Okay, you got that, and I got the, I got the crazy guy from the big red one. <laughs> wow, that's totally... Yeah, different. And Dewinter's just... Absolutely losing his mind. He says, this will happen. I don't care if it can't actually happen, but it will happen. Yeah. If I have to throw through the portal myself. Yeah. And he puts his hands on Tonks and Remus is like, get your hands off my wife. And then we have, wait, wait. And Percy arrives. He's all disheveled. You know, Percy saves the day. Way, Percy! Because how often do you see Percy looking disheveled? Never. Exactly. So something's up. Mm -hmm. Long story short, um, he's come 
to say that Penny's awake, she's been told what's happening, and she has evidence to present to the court, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, DeWinter and has a cow. It's already been sighted! They have to die now! And it's like, oh, dude, <laughs> shut the hell up! Seriously, it's like, uh, he, DeWinter is sounding like one of those guys who wants Voldemort to come back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have to die! Because people must die. Yes, Rar. I'm dying. So then we have Penny, and Penny's waiting. And she's used to waiting, but oh my goodness, this is taking forever. He's been gone 20 okay. minutes. You know, longest 20 minutes of my life. He must have made it. He <laughs> must have done it. And All I gotta say, this chopper just wraps everything up in a nice little bow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I love, you know, you need this moment of levity. Well, first of all, uh, Percy comes back and they're gonna, you know, be porking all these people in the room. So Percy and Arthur go around the room and shrink everything and stick it in the pockets just about so that there's room. <laughs> I just thought that was great. We're gonna turn oh, that. wizard. Sword in the stone. Yeah, we're turning everything tiny. And even, yeah. They even shrink her bed and make it small. Yeah. And then Tonks well, arrives and falls on top of her because... That's just what Tonks would do. Yeah. But it, yes. it broke the tension. It was this great moment of levity that was perfect. So Percy says, there was a bit of trouble. Tertius de Winter kicked up a fuss. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> just a little trouble. And she just goes, him? Oh, God. And just goes to show you no one likes him. Oh, no. Yeah. And he, you know, what did he do? And she's like, uh, Tertius is like, he wouldn't accept it when Matilda back. Breakspear said that she was putting the proceedings on hold until she heard the new evidence. And he looks over and he goes, somehow I have a feeling you might be getting a new boss. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. It turns out what was really behind all his zeal was just, this is so unnatural and must be put right. And um, He just doesn't understand, I think. He doesn't understand the temporal theory. Which is his mind moving it, well so beyond. Therefore, it must be wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's moving well beyond theory and into law at this point. <laughs> Temporal law. Mm-hmm. And so they all arrive, seven of them, because they have to bring Harry along because they're bringing Teddy along, and Teddy's a prisoner, and you got to have Kingsley too because you can't transport a prisoner with just one person, even though mm-hmm. you know Teddy's not really a flight risk. And yeah, Tonks crashes on top of her, and Remus has to pry her off again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, to uh, it's been a while since I read this, but I'm gonna sum up Penny's okay. new evidence here. Let's see. Basically, she, first of all, she objects to the use of the time portal to execute these two people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the death chamber. Yeah, if you um, want to kill him, yeah, then send him through the veil. Don't use my portal for it. You mm-hmm. know what? I'm just, just like, yeah, why the hell did they have to do that? Honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I totally forgot about the veil. Yeah. Oh, I, I find it interesting that they're calling it the death chamber. Um, do they really call it that? <laughs> but um, anyway, she is there to give evidence and she says I'm not bound by the vow of silence I can say whatever the hell I want and I will and let's see she anyway read the fic and she basically (laughs) says that these circumstances cannot be repeated because 
only a metamorph magus who has the ability to change their body can do this, and they can only bring forward people who are also metamorph magus or their body is just so accustomed to change, I think, is what she says. Mm-hmm. And that's well, why would, Remus got yeah. stuck. Exactly well, he was not. almost right down to full moon, too. So Remus' body was changing, too, at the same time. Right. Yeah, because he was, he was passing through time and experiencing the full moon in, in that time. And <laughs> so, basically, the only people who can do this are metamorph maguses or magi, and the only people who it can work on are also metamorph magi or perhaps werewolves. I don't think they nailed that down. Uh, right. One the other. And it was incredibly painful for us to do it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and basically, it she says, when I was in the portal, what happened to me was that my soul was basically ripped out of me. And Remus says, well, yeah, that's basically what happened to me. My soul was ripped out. And what comes to light is that Harry saved him. If Harry hadn't called him with the resurrection stone, he wouldn't have made it. But because the resurrection stone gave him focus and took him to a certain place, and then his friend said, you need to go back to your body, you need to go back, then that's what he did. And if those two things hadn't happened, he would have been lost too. Right. Even though he was a werewolf, that helped because his body was kind of used to changing and stuff like that. But it was mm-hmm. the soul being ripped out that was really the crux of the problem. And gotcha. that's why. And so basically Harry saved him. Mm-hmm. And so basically the only people who can do this are metamorph magi who are super rare. So we're told if, mm-hmm. but, yeah. um, not, not if you read fanfic and they come up with this great Scott, phrase. Oh, hang on a minute. Scott, adjust your microphones. You're breathing right into it. Oh, Scott, stop breathing. Yeah, stop breathing. Um, and he comes up with this great phrase, which is time splinched. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless the physiology of the person can instinctively adapt to the power of time around them, they're they're fucked, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and the first person that even made, made through, through time was a, was a, a magi. Or, Metamorph magus. Yeah, I can't say that word. <laughs> whatever, morphagus, something. Morphagus, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I actually Which got. So, I'm sorry, I got so tired of typing metamorph magus that I just at one point just wrote in morphagus and, and just went with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was in speech, so it worked out. But uh, like, you're a morphagus or something. <laughs> yeah. So oh, basically, Penny has. She's got first-hand experience. Now, what I want to know is how come Penny's soul got returned to her body or almost got separated? I, think or... she, I, don't, I think they got her out fast enough. She said it's... that there was a re- residual piece of the, the force field. So basically the, the necklace that they wear, the jewel mm-hmm. that they wore in, sort of put a force field around them, and that's what kept their soul and body intact. And... She's theorizing, because she doesn't know for sure, but she's theorizing that there was enough of what was in the crystal to just barely hold that piece of her soul in, and that she really wasn't in a coma all this time. She was slowly finding finding her way back to her body. 
Okay. So it's a little bit like it. astral projection here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. they basically agree that this does change things, and maybe they can file an appeal, and uh, we'll see what can go go on. And Matilda would still like to see uh, some confidentiality, so this doesn't mess up everybody's lives and everything. But uh, Terry says that's not fair, having to live like a fugitive, even when you're not. Uh, they're war heroes, for goodness sake. And um, Hermione jumps in and says, it's not even necessary, because you can just say it was an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teddy's the only person who could ever have broken the field. He did so by mistake, because he was experimenting, and he was right there when they were about to die, and just was overwhelmed and uh, brought them back, because he uh, had to. And, um, that, and tell people that Remus was protected just enough by his condition, and that only Metamorph Magi could do it otherwise. These are basically the only two metamorph magi in the world have already done it, so there's no possible way to do this again. And yeah, people will argue about it, but we'll just hold firm and won't ever do it again, and Teddy's not going to be badgered to do it, and everybody can just go on with their lives. Right. Scott, what's going on in the background for you? There's some sort of... It's because he's got two on. microphones on. He's got the oh, headset that's right. and the that's microphone right. on top. So he, Are they rubbing talks, against each other yeah, or something? Yeah, that yeah. sounded like a scratch on the desk or something. So Okay, very good. Um, so she says, you know, there's no way that you can send a spell through there and do a switching spell. Are you, you guys, there's no way. And they're like, yeah, DeWinter tried. But it didn't work. And she said, it's not going to work. You can't do it. It just... It that eats idiot. It. What was he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. There's no way it's going to even... It's not going to work. And then she says, and guess what? You can't put uh, Teddy in jail. Ha <laughs> ha, sorry. Because officially it was an accident. Because it's being <laughs> ruled an accident. <laughs> there was something just a tiny bit glib about the look on Hermione's face. He acted on impulse. How do you think it will look if the ministry is seen to send a young man to prison for being involved in an accident and then impulsively saving two loved ones? Who out there wouldn't have done the same? It will seem very cruel. People might suspect that there's been some kind of (laughs) (laughs) cover-up. And it's Hermione's the trial lawyer. She's just... As a tribal warrior? (laughs) It's nuanced. It's very, uh, considering all of the angles and all of the possible arguments and lines of thought that people can have. Yeah. And Teddy's, you know, I I think this was probably earlier, but Teddy says, I'm so sorry. And she says, you're not responsible for what happened to me. I was the one that went into it when I knew it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. You're not. You broke it, yeah, but you're not responsible for what happened to me. And then she's like trying to figure out. Okay, well, I know he can't go to jail, but what am I going to do with him? Because you know he did really lie to me and stuff. And she's and Teddy's just like, I'll resign. I love my job, but my parents are much more important to me. And I did lie and I did break the rules. So something I should have some sort of punishment. So how about if I just resign? And yeah. She says, okay, that works for me. And then Tonks wants to interject because, you know, just want to be clear, you're not sending us back. You can't send us back. Okay. And there will be, a, there will be an appeal, but it'll probably be a formality. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're everything's going to go public, and Teddy's not going to go to jail, and Remus and I, we just get to live our lives. Yeah. Yay! And then we go to the last chapter, and I love this chapter. Epilogue beyond the portal. Yes. And for some reason, this is all showing up in italics for me, so I skipped it. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, This epilogue seems really long. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, it's pretty long. It's like two chapters worth. Yeah, it took forever. And so basically, you know, word gets out that they're alive and people start showing up and, and, you know, different things. And it's sort of getting out of hand. And some people are trying to you know, get into the ministry and have them go back and save their loved ones. But they tell them it can't work unless you're, you know, of this certain, if you're a metamorph magus. Well, no, no, they're not even that because Penny has figured out how to tighten the spells to -hmm. prevent this from happening. So even if Teddy wasn't resigning from his position, he wouldn't be able to go back anymore. Right, because it just wouldn't work for him. Yeah. And... So things are, are kind of, you know, they they have a little time, and they're just... A little more time? Yeah, basically, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in a day. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Waiting to, you know, it takes a little time for this to sink in. And but, there were a bunch of interviews and things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to are, figure out, okay, what do we do now? Um... Well, gotta live. Teddy and Dora have a morph off. That was fun. Mm-hmm. But Molly decides that they're gonna have a party, and that way everybody will get to see them and talk to them, and it'll you know ease up people trickling through the house constantly. Yeah. So Remus finds it more than a little frightening. He's mm-hmm. almost considered hiding under the bed. But you know there are people he wants to see there, and uh, well, there's cake. Can't argue with cake. Yeah, the cake is never cake. Yeah. And it's really silly to see someone arguing with a cake. Well, it's true. <laughs> well, if, uh, if hats can be enchanted to speak, you could have a t- arguing cake. Eat me. I don't want to eat you. Eat me now. I'm tasty and delicious. No, you're fat thing. <laughs> Sugar is bad for you. Magic, magic, <laughs> and Phileas is having like his own question. piece of cake. Oh, you... Phileas is totally enjoying this cake too. Mm-hmm. Rima says, "Well, it was made by Molly Weasley, so mm-hmm. the woman's a genius." When it comes to the culinary arts, and uh, Rima says the same point you just made. Because Phileas says, "You can't argue with cake like this," and Rima says, "Yeah, well." Aside from anything else, it can't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to know what's going on at school, and he's like, oh, well, Neville's headed Gryffindor, and he's doing a fine job, and people have changed, of course, except for Hagrid and myself, and, um, you know, this and that's happening. And Small says, talk, basically, yeah, gossip. Basically. He says, Cause, yeah, I've got a plan. I've, I'm losing staff, and, and so yeah. I, I've got a plan. It's like, it's, the whole entire time, I'm like, just tell him. <laughs> you've got to hire him. Okay? 
Phyllis is battling complacency, he says. Their major problem. And yeah. He wants yeah. to give the possibility of threat some immediacy. To, uh, <laughs> he wants the students to know, because it's been 20 years, and nobody really cares about the wars. Nobody, And that's what started it the last time. People kind of just went, eh, well, it'll never happen again. And so mm-hmm. he wants to bring it back to the forefront of the students' minds. And so he's like, I'm, gonna, I'm revamping the history of magic position. And Apparently the Caro's like, exercised bins. Yeah, which that's kind of cool. And I could totally see them doing it. Oh, I, absolutely. I love Although, that. Um, you know, depending on the sort of history he was teaching, they might have wanted to, to stay in place. Although he, he wasn't teaching you know, history of the Dark Lord or whatever it was they wanted no. him to teach. So. And he kept talking about muggles and, you know, you can't have muggles because they were trying to get rid of the muggle thing. So, But I love that the people that they brought in, the Spirit Division, smuggled him away and they found him a nice spot in the history section of the Wizarding Archives. So he gives oh, lectures. Nobody ever comes, but he gives lectures. He's very he happy. Like <laughs> I'm not sure he oh. even noticed the change. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, but yeah, and that just really calls to mind what ghosts do. They don't, in, in our world, in our, in our culture, they just, they're spirits and they just carry on doing the same things mm-hmm. that they were doing before. Um, whereas Bins had a new class of students every year. Um, and granted, his lectures probably didn't change. He's probably, it's the same lecture for every group of first years, every class. Um, And it's possible to do this. One of my teachers in college, one of my professors, was a genius, but very eccentric. And instead of a textbook, he gave us, well, gave, he sold us bound copies of his lecture notes for about 10 or 12 bucks. And (laughs) he would be, and no pictures, and he would be up there writing on the board and lecturing, and if you're following along in the notes, he is literally reading verbatim from his notes without looking at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. But did you call I can... him Professor Ben? No, I did not. <laughs> um, we called him Professor Ferguson. He is an example to me, and I can see that Ben's would be the exact same sort, not even. I mean, the, the Ben's knows students' names but that's about the only real change mm-hmm. that I can see for him. He's teaching the same material, the same way, the same bad way. And I can yeah. just see him continuing to do the same thing in the ministry archives here. Gives the same lecture about the goblin rebellions and, mm-hmm. and so on. So I, I just think that's a nice, cute little moment that harkens back to how we typically think of ghosts. I imagine him being like one of those little podiums that they have with pre-recorded bits when you go to some museums and things. So you just say, tell me about the Goblin Rebellion of 1456. And he says, the Goblin Rebellion of 1456, and just goes on about that until you tell him to stop. That's awesome. I love it. That's perfect. That's cracky. So he's had a new teacher there, somebody that probably Remus would have recognized. Um, but he's been, you know, making, he always wanted to work for the time department, but somebody had gotten hired right before he applied and all of a sudden there's a opening. Oh, how convenient. He's 
given in his notice and now Flitwick needs somebody to teach. And so he's going to offer it to Teddy. And Remus is just like, oh, well, that's good. It's Teddy. But damn, I really wanted it. He's just, you know, Mr. Martyr again. He's trying really hard to be happy for his son. But yeah, not too much. Damn martyrs. If there's anything I object to in this epilogue, it's and I know it's the point of the epilogue is to wrap up all the loose ends, but everything is too neat. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this, let us have a freaking happy ending and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> so we have Teddy and Hermione who are rewriting A History of Magic together, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to do the lion's share of it because Hermione's busy. So Phileas has come up with this grand plan. Remus can come and teach history of magic for a year while Teddy finishes the book. And then Teddy can take over for him. And Remus can go teach the DA. Because the guy that's working on the DA wants to start. And oh my goodness, is this a plan or not? He wants to start a sanctuary for Bogarts. Bogart. How do you say that? Bogarts. 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 There you go. Not boogers. Not boogers. No, no, no. I would think boogers. Boogers are uh, No. <laughs> Why would you do this? No. Oh. It's very wrong. But And I love the whole time that Phileas is talking to him. He's eyeing the carrot cake because he's, he's thinking he's going to need himself another piece of this cake because he finishes mm-hmm. the one he's eating now. And Small piece of cake. You can't say no. Yeah. He's eating the chocolate cake, so got to try some of the carrot cake now. <laughs> he has to to compare. Yeah, make sure they're both okay. And so... (laughs) Molly could have gotten Teddy off on all charges if she just sent the wise and gamut a carrot cake. Exactly. (laughs) Or chocolate. Don't forget the trinkle truffle or whatever the damn thing was. Trinkle tart. Yeah, thank you. So, Remus is going back to teach at Hogwarts. and, And that's the only thing he's ever really been content at and happy at and... So he is just tickled. He's thrilled to pieces. And about that time, Dora shows up. Guess what? She gets to be an Auror again. She's going to be an Auror. She's going to go back and take a few classes and catch up. Mm -hmm. Well, for half a second, I expected her to be taking to Winter's job. (laughs) Well, that would have been good. And then, here comes Teddy, and he's eating carrot cake. Hmm, I wonder who he talked to at the carrot cake table. <laughs> oh, look! I want, damn it, I want a freaking carrot cake now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, it is almost Easter. It's, isn't that time for carrot cake? It's always a okay. good time for carrot cake. <laughs> so Remus says to her that he's happy for her, but he's also just grinning. Oh, no, she says... Yeah, it's great. And Teddy's got his research project. We just have to get you sorted out. And he's grinning at her. And she says, what's that about? Oh, just, you know, going back to teach at Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! It's all wrapped up in a nice little bow. Yay! Happy ending. Happy ending. We're going back to Hogwarts. Prepare my flying machine. <laughs>
All thanks to Phileas. Yay, Phileas! Woohoo! Uh, time a Ravenclaw does something good. Oop. Yes. Yes, and Teddy comes darting over. I guess this is what you were saying that I jumped back from. <laughs> I just saw Professor Flitwick at the cake table. You'll never guess what he asked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then they we jump to Remus on the North Battlement. And he's thinking yeah. of what it could have been. And he says... It's got to be awkward to be standing in the spot where you got killed. (laughs) And he's kind of thinking and stuff, and he thinks to himself, he actually says out loud, thank you. And I'm jumping ahead, but we're we're getting close to being done here. So he says thank you, and and Tonks is snuck up behind him. And he he just about jumps. He jumps a good foot in the air, and, and he's like, how did you get here? And she says, well, I've been taking stealth and tracking training. I'm all stealthy now. I'm going to sneak up on you all the time. And then she kind of smiles and says, well, I did trip coming up the steps, so you must not have been paying very much attention. Yeah. And so they kind of have a moment here. And they had a little bit earlier about how ever will Hogwarts cope with two Professor Lupins at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, Remus well, was always the cool. responsible one, so. Yeah. And then he, uh, they see Teddy, and Teddy... Mm-hmm. Well, actually, first Teddy sees them, and he wonders if he can go up and see them, but he doesn't want to kind of interrupt the moment that they're having. But they wave him on up, so he heads up there, and he's poor Teddy. He's as part of his um, because he didn't get six months in Azkaban. They gave him a year of community um, service. Community <laughs> service, yeah. So he's helping at Hogwarts, and most of it he really likes. He's helping you know, doddering Madame Prince around the library and things like that. But he's also got to help Filch. clean, yeah, Filch clean the castle. And so Filch keeps giving him like a mop and a bucket and making him clean the third floor boys' bathrooms, which are absolutely disgusting. And not even the house elves will clean them. That's so, got to be bad. Yeah, it's got to be really bad. I love that Filch is still there 20 years on. How yeah. old is Filch? Well, he can barely move around. So, He's got to be ancient at this mm-hmm. point. Does he still have Mrs. Norris? No. They don't talk Aww. about Mrs. Norris at all. He's got Mrs. Norris in training, the new one. <sighs> and they have a There's bit gotta of There's got to be a... some uh, preservation effect of being a squib, because um, I get the impression that Mrs. Fink was kind of like that, too. They have their happy little reunion. They and, have a happy little Oh, reunion. we're all together again. And we have the future to look forward to, and... Blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to Harry's point of view, and he's just contemplating. He's like, wow, this is really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's remembering the final days and the funeral, one funeral after another. And he watched Teddy just sitting there, well, Andromeda weeps. And he's yeah. like, and he's thinking to himself, wow, I n- never thought it would turn out like this. Mm-hmm. Just a minute, Alex. I got five more minutes. And he said to okay. meow, meow, I have to pee, let me out. I should probably let him out, because otherwise he's going to be on my floor. You do that, I'll talk. Right and we just get the litany of all the people who've died. Um, James, Lily, Sirius, Albus, Fred, Dobby, Snape. Dobby. And, Dobby. and then there was Remus and Tonks and... Down.
died in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I don't know if I can do it. Here I go. Now, now they all finally of that have a chance to know their son, and it's they they have a future and they have time now. And for the reunited Lupin family, all was finally well, <laughs> almost ending quite exactly the same as DH, but not quite. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with my final thoughts. I really enjoyed this fic. I had not read it before. I read it for the podcast and. I think I stopped once while reading it. I mean, aside for sleep and food and whatnot. Um, but I know I just tore through this because it's a very, very good read. There's a lot of depth to the characters. There's a lot of emotion that gets evoked. The point of view changes around. So you get to see things that are happening in different places with different groups of characters. And I like it. I recommend it highly. And that's the best I can say about it. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad I got to be on some of the episodes for this because, yeah, I I put it on our list and I just really enjoyed going over it again and getting to find out all the great stuff that happens I've never gotten. Yeah. This fic is actually the one that brought me back to Potterfic Weekly to, like, regular host duties Mm -hmm. and such, so it gets a big thumbs up from me for that. Mm -hmm. Trisha? I enjoyed it, like I said. It, I mean, any any story that can invoke. I mean, I might sound like I, you know, I'm saying everybody being an ass or a bitch and everything like that. But it's something, it's something invokes me even to have that kind of emotion to it. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I mean, that's, we think it, the that's characters are being good. idiots, but they're true to the characters when they're being idiots. Right. And one little interesting bit that's in her. Um, author's notes at the end, there's a version of this fic on her live journal archive where she's put in Audrey in place of Penny and reworked all the Weasley children to fit with the um, interview canon because she likes to be canon compliant. So if you're a real canon junkie, you can read it that way too. That's interesting. Well, I liked it. Uh, Scott did recommend it for the list, but I had read it too and I we were down... When I was setting up the schedule, there were two Remus fix, and it was a toss-up between these two, and this was the one that won out. And I just think it was the better one. I I love this idea that, you know, there was there's a way to bring somebody back like this and to make it all work. It's kind of like Fox Ears with bringing back Fred. And mm-hmm. it's neat to be able... Because we love these characters. And of mm-hmm. the characters that died... 
Fred and Remus and Tonks are the ones that I would like to see come back. So that just, it makes me oh. happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one thing I really do appreciate, I've said this in previous episodes, but I love how Alice has really considered the theories of time travel. You can't go back and change something because it creates paradox. Mm-hmm. What you can do is you can go back and engage in misdirection and deception and make people think they, that something happened when in reality it didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoy that. And it's, it's one of the few stories I've read that handles time travel properly mm-hmm. with respect it, to... Go ahead. I was just going to say it even fits in with the way that J.K. did it in the third book because everything that we have the trio observe the first time around is stuff that happened just slightly differently the second time that they just didn't quite get because they're looking from the wrong angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did I steal what you were going to say? No, I'm just laughing at your headphones. You, oh. you stopped and then it went... But you'd pretty much stopped talking by the time it went nuts, so it worked out really well. There were typos. There were a lot of missing words. Um, I know that, uh, I've said this before, a lot of times if you're reading a story, your brain says, oh, well, that should say him and not her, and so it kind of switches it. Or if there's Mm -hmm. a word that's dropped, it kind of just puts it in there. But when you're listening on the text reader, you pick them up. I don't remember them from the beginning of the story, but the this the chapters that we read this week, um, there were dropped words in a lot of places. And um, actually, deja vu in here, it's like D question mark, J question mark, vu. And the text reader trying to say that, oh my goodness gracious, that was the funniest thing. I want to hear the audio sample dropped in right here. Try to remember to drop that in. D, J, V. So, you know, that pulled me out a little bit, but Mm -hmm. not enough to make me want to stop reading it. It was just something that I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of strange. Yeah, there were a few problems with punctuation throughout. Um, There's a few grammar mistakes, like the last two paragraphs both begin with and. So there's a few issues, but... It doesn't detract from the quality of the story. No, Just not at all. Just the experience of reading this quality story. But I thought we, I thought that's how we do every puppet. And <laughs> and we're going on to the next bit. And then something else happened. Welcome back to Potterfic <laughs> Weekly. It's from so. Mildavane. <laughs> yeah. I love you. But, you know, I really liked it. I'm glad that we did it. We really tried to mix things up this season and do a lot of different characters and stuff. And I'm really happy that we could do a Remus Tonks one and Teddy. And it's always fun to get to know Teddy a little bit better. So that's fun, too. I liked it. Yeah, I I did enjoy it. Even though we didn't really get to know him so much as we got to know a Remus clone. But (laughs) 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 that's that's completely an aside. Um, No, I I did enjoy this. I thought the characterization was really well done. Mm -hmm. He got this crazy idea and he was smart enough to pull it off. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's just awesome. So, yeah, well done, Palace. Kudos to you. Well done, Palace. And we look forward to potentially interviewing you in about a year. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll did I read this? Did I read this, Vic? 
Yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah. You guys do that to me. Um, well, I was listening to the uh, Rebuilding Life episodes, and one of the peon casts attached to that is you and Sue had just contacted the author, and they're like, oh, did I write that? <laughs> Wasn't that Keza? Was it? I, I don't yes. know. Yeah. I don't Keza. write anything. I have, no, I have no writing ability. No, it was Keza, because we were doing Rebuilding Life, so we picked one of Keza's one shot short stories and, yeah and we i sent her a message and she's like i wrote that i don't remember writing that so yeah it so was that wasn't the title of the time or something but, yeah, yeah it was it was either the baby one or we did two of hers we did the baby it's cold outside oh okay yeah and i can't remember off the top of my head i'll go find it so death why don't you tell them what we're going to do next time <laughs> We're going to be covering Voxed Corporis, which is my pick, actually. I'm very excited for this. And some of you may not want to tune in because it is a Harry Hermione romance. <laughs> Finally. And this is a story that I really, really enjoy. Um, I wouldn't have put it up for consideration otherwise as much a harmonian as I am um, this is a really quality story with strong writing strong characters and it takes um, play it picks up at the very end of Goblet of Fire carries us through the summer and brings us into the fifth school year um, it's interesting because there's an author's note about halfway through where the author says I completely forgot about prefects so we're just gonna go with it <laughs> <laughs> nice. it's very entertaining and the romance aspect of it takes a while to build up it does not absolutely demonize Ron or Ginny which is one of the real problems with Harmony Fick mm -hmm. so I think it's dealt with really well we see Ron being Ron but he's not over the top where his head's spinning around and he's puking green slime Oh. Um, I know, no puke for you. And puke for you. <laughs> <laughs> so. so it's a good story. It's very much worth reading. It's sixty eight chapters or something ridiculously long like that. Uh, so it's not just the first chapter, Harry and Hermione are together. And no, it builds up. It, it, it was definitely a good story. builds up. And I'm going to guess that the story that we were doing was tradition. And that mm -hmm. was Keza's, um, it's either tradition or the baby tale. And it's got to be tradition. I'm sure it was probably tradition. Tradition! Which, actually, tradition <laughs> is the baby it's called outside one. So why do we have yeah, two of these? The oh, baby no, it was tale. The baby tale. That was it. And that's the one where it's four chapters and it's the one where... Everyone thinks Ginny's pregnant. Ginny's, yeah, everybody, th no. Ginny is, goes to the doctor because she could possibly be pregnant, and at the same time, uh, not Victoire. Um, oh, this is the mixed-up test results, right? mixed-up test results, yeah. That, okay. That's it. Fleur. Good. Fleur, thank you. With Victoire. Uh, yeah. And so she's pregnant. Well, no, Victoire's already there. She's pregnant with somebody else. Yeah, and we hope Victoire's not pregnant. The uh, doctor passes out and spills his coffee on, on the test results and Harry gets one and they get the other one and yeah, it's chaos yeah. ensues and it's quite funny. 
and I quite Lithuanian, actually. That's the one where everybody and their brother stops by Harry's office after the honeymoon to <clears throat> ask him how it went. Yeah, which is just kind of disturbing, actually. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of funny. If you think about it, it's like, gee, Harry, how was it having sex with our sister? <laughs> He's not going to tell you. So. I think Ron was the only one who cut. didn't want to know. Mm. It, yeah, exactly. It's a contrast to all those fix where no one wants to know when they're threatening to beat Harry up if he gets his wife pregnant or something. And yeah. But those are go- both really good. I'm going to have to look into releasing another grouping of peon cast, old peon cast, and put them all together. Compilation. Because I've been listening to a few of those lately, too, and they're really fun. Put them out over the feed. Really? Yeah, why not? I don't know. Because it's like four hours and people are like, ah! <laughs> but maybe. We'll, yeah. have to, we'll look into it. Because so. it's, yeah. it's much easier to have it come through the feed than have to go track it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we already all have them anyway, but you got to go to each individual episode and go to the last half hour. and It's more trouble than it's worth. That's true. We're way off course. Okay, well, I think we're done with this. Thank you all for listening, and we Hope will... you've all enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs> what was that? So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to us. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.